Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast, a place where busy adults can find the knowledge and inspiration to get back on track to living a healthier, well-balanced lifestyle. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast. Ah, We're excited today. We've got another great interview in store. Let me give you a little information on our guest. His name is Chad Austin. Chad is a fitness trainer, but he's also a best-selling and award-winning author of a book series called Make Fitness a Priority. He helps busy professionals win the fight against their excuses and improve their quality of life through fitness. Chad's clients include busy entrepreneurs, athletes, and celebrities. Whether speaking in front of large groups or or delivering live or virtual workshops, attendees will always walk away with a plan that they can actually use immediately. Wow, some interesting stuff. We're going to dive in. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Chad Austin. All right, great. Chad, how are you today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for taking the time out of your day. You're probably crazy busy. I get it. I get it. But uh, we're fortunate enough to have you. And you know, before we jump on in, I, I just wanted to let you take the stage for a second and tell us a, a little bit about you know why you know, what Priority Fitness is and, and your book series and what motivated you to even get into the fitness industry? Well, you know, I started out actually uh, as a PE teacher and, and a coach. Uh, so personal training actually became a, a second career for me and it just turned out that it was a much better fit. And so I've been, uh, been doing it for about 17 years now. So like I said, I've been in fitness for 20 Priority Fitness and my book series, Make Fitness a Priority, or Priority Fitness, I guess, was named after the book series. It really kind of came about as I evolved as a trainer. And so I found out early on in personal training, especially I worked at a big gym. And so I trained a lot of people. And when you train a lot of people, one pattern you realize right away is that people come to you fueled by short-term motivation. And so there's something coming up they want results for, right? And what I learned right away is short-term motivation leads to short-term success. And, and that's not what I signed up for. I want to help people make fitness a long-term part of their life. And so everything, but with Make Fitness a Priority, that, that kind of became about helping people get long-term success and how to get fitness to be a, a major part of their life. And there's lots of reasons uh, that back that up and, and for why it's important, but that became what Priority Fitness was all about and what I do. And so it's basically now, as I'm in my... 18th year, I, I help people figure out how fitness fits in their life so they can improve their quality of life with fitness. Everybody's got their own story, what their excuse is and why they don't make it a priority, right? So what is your process in addressing that? You know, is there a standard like first interview, first questions you ask somebody about why, why isn't it a priority to you? How do you approach that? I have a formula that I kind of start with, with everybody. You know, I think, uh, as we go through life, there's one thing I've found that is what caused us to fall off track, you know, going through my understanding that so many of my clients, you know, have come in and out of my schedule where I've helped them get results and then they've gone on their own for a while and we've had a good plan. And then eventually they've come back because they've lost those results. And after trying to figure out for a while what it was that maybe I could have done differently. I realized that really what causes, what gets people in people's way and causes us to fall off track is life's unexpected changes that happen along the way. So whether it's a good change or a bad change, big or small, we're really good at adapting to change when it comes to our family, our career, our faith, things like that. 
but fitness, we're terrible at adapting when it comes to fitness. And fitness always becomes the thing we're going to get to later. And so really what I do when I help people, uh, so if someone is coming back to me after they've been gone, I tell them, we're not picking up where you left off. We're starting where you are now. And so I always start with two questions. And it's basically like hitting the fitness reset button is the way I like to call it. But you're asking yourself, how does fitness fit in my life right now? And how much accountability do I need to get to be successful? And that's basically where we always start. Obviously, what we talk a lot about on this podcast is habits, habits, habits. And is there like a, a form or a template that you go by to get your people on a daily cycle? You know what I mean? As it relates to, you know, it could be food all encompassing, whether it's the way they eat, the way they, they, what time of the day they work out, you know, what is it that you start with incorporating habits into their routine? Well, again, it's got to be what fits in your life. And so that's the golden rule. I feel like if, if, if it doesn't fit in your life, it won't be there very long. And so I think a lot of times when people get stuck where they can't get past the I'm too busy excuse, all right? And so where, they, where they're putting fitness off until later, what they really mean is I'm too busy to work out like I used to. And so whenever we're ready to get in shape and, we're, and our motivation is at its peak, we always think of the time when we are in the best shape or maybe the last time we got great results. And whatever we did at that time, that is the bar. It's like whatever we did for our workouts, uh, doing less than that is not enough or something we'll be ashamed of and kind of goes the same way with everything else. And I have to teach people to throw that way of thinking out the window. Just because if, if your life's different now and what you do for fitness is gonna be less, that doesn't mean it's less of a priority. All it means is it fits differently. And so I always think, I tell people, what you, fitness should be the vehicle that makes you better at everything. It's like when I take good care of myself, I'm sure you guys can easily back this up. But when I'm taking good care of myself and fitness is a big part of my life, I'm a better husband, I'm a better son, I'm a better friend, I'm a better coworker, I'm just better at everything. But when I don't take good care of myself, the opposite of that is true. It just overflows positively or negatively through the rest of your life. And so fitness should be the vehicle that makes you better at everything, but it only is if it fits. And so first you kind of have to set yourself up for success and make sure what you're going to do is going to fit in your life, or it's just going to be temporary. Something struck me when you were, when you were talking about, you know, how you look at people and, and, and the sort of the mistakes or the way you think some of your clients think about the, you know, their, their, their fitness journey, like. If they can't do right now the workout that they were doing two years ago when they were met you and they were in great shape, then they go into the gym maybe and they feel, you know, badly about the fact that, oh, wow, like I'm not in great shape. I can't do that workout. And, and that's not a great feeling, right? So you want, you know, when I go to the gym, I want to feel good about myself, right? I want to, I want to walk out of the gym feeling like, wow, I got something done. I am better for, you know, having gone into the gym, I got this out of it, even if it was a bad day. When you say how much accountability do you need, what do you mean by that? Like, I, I, I mean, I always think like, well, everybody needs to take a lot of accountability. Like, you should always take a maximum amount of accountability, no matter how much you're putting into, in, into the, 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 your, your, your program or how, how demanding your program is. If you miss it, like, you got to be accountable. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that the more important something is to you, the more accountability you should seek out. But what, what I mean is, is I mean, motivation, our motivation really fluctuate 
throughout the course of a year for most of us. So like I, I have my own trainer I, and I had my own trainer for a while. I actually just started back up after about three months off uh, this week. And so Tuesday was day one. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't as bad a day one as I've had in the past, but it was day one for sure. But uh, I, and so three months, that's about the longest I've gone without her in a long time. But it's a big source of, of my motivation, uh, accountability, because I, I have her train me twice a week and then I lead a boot camp on a, on a weekend and then I hold myself accountable to one other workout. So that's my accountability right now. And if I'm, I do a lot of obstacle courses and, or events, things like that, power races. And so when I do those, a lot of times I have a buddy that I do those with and we will have another workout together. So that's like four out of five workouts a week that I'm having some accountability with and one I do by myself. And so this changes throughout the course of the year. And so when I, when I have people ask these two questions, so the main one we're talking about right now, how much accountability do you need? There's no wrong answer. The only way you can answer it wrong is to not be honest with yourself. And so, but yeah, so so when, you're, you, when you're talking about accountability, you're talking about accountability to someone else, right? Because that's what you're, that's, that's okay. That's what I was missing there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Having accountability, having, so I, if I had a room full of trainers, for, for instance, uh, this is a good thing that when I have a new client, I always let them know how much accountability I have because everybody needs accountability, no matter who you are, your motivation fluctuates. You're not always going to feel like working out. So like, I, am I honest with my clients, with my clients? I tell them there's probably three months out of the year where I'm really in a workout zone and I'm feeling strong and feeling energized, motivated. I can't wait for my next workout. And I'm, and I just, I love it. And there's probably another three months out of the year where I need my trainer standing over me, watching me doing every single rep or else I may not do it. And then there's everything in between. And so accountability can be a personal trainer. It can be a class you go to with your friends. It can be a workout partner, but a lot, I mean, it just, it's, it's asking, being honest with yourself, when you start, how much do I need right now to make sure I'm successful? Well, what kind of accountability do I need right now to make sure I get it done? Can I hold myself accountable? Am I right there? Or do I need someone to do it with me? Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That's makes so interesting. Sense. I mean, I, I love, that's why I love this show because we hear these different approaches and different angles on the why. We talked about this before. I think it's, it's known the main reason, unfortunately, why a lot of people get into fitness or they start a diet, which I hate that word, is because of the vanity of it, right? They have to, they have their, you know, class reunion coming up or they're getting married or they're going to a wedding or it's, it's, it's bikini season, right? So they, they do this temporary thing to get to a certain point and then they fall off. They're not doing it for a, a better, more permanent reason to, you know, change their lifestyle, you know? So I, I but I like that approach about accountability. Um, that's a different take on it that, that I, I didn't think of, but I, I mean, I used to believe when I had a personal trainer at certain points in my life, yeah, half of it was I was committed and I was paying. I mean, I, I was obligated. I better get in there. You know, I didn't feel like going right. But before I had the discipline later in life to do it, because if I didn't, I know how I was going to feel and it was going to end up making me feel like a, you know, just a stressed out individual and everybody around me was going to be affected by that. So I'm with you. I'm with you. We have accountability in our lives. We put that accountability there in other areas of our lives all the time. We just don't think about it. So with our job, you know, if we have something due on if we have something due on the week on Friday, if something happens, no matter what happens, we're gonna make sure we have that done because we have to. We we have work holds us accountable with our deadlines, with our, with everything else. And we do the same kind of thing with our family. Where if, if something's important, if we have a uh, one of our kids are 
is competing in a big match Friday, we're going to make sure we're there no matter what. We have accountability set up that we're going to make sure we're, we do things and we, and we get the stuff done that's important to us. We just have to set the same uh, accountability uh, setups in our lives and when it comes to our fitness. Interesting. Um, let me ask you this. I, if we've got some listeners out there that are in a rural area, they don't have the access to a gym right down the street or whatever, and they're trying to pick out a workout program, right? Because there's so much out there right now, especially on the internet and YouTube. How would you tell somebody to find the right workout program for them? Like, what do you, what kind of uh, input do you give them? Yeah. Well, first off, I'll say, if you're interested in the fitness reset that I keep talking about, I do have a mini course that's on my website. So makefitnessapriority.com. Uh, it's an easy way you can get that and uh, it helps you kind of get started. But there's two things. So when, I, when I'm out with friends, if I meet people and they know I'm a personal trainer, so they'll ask me fitness questions, I never become a salesman in that moment. I'm just trying to help. And so what I do is I will tell people about the two red flags to look out for. And so that's what I'll do uh, to the listeners now. So if you're wondering what's the best way to get started and you don't you want to get the you want to get results, uh, there's two things I would look out for that lead to going by the rule we said earlier that short-term motivation leads to short-term success. First one is that it begins with the end in mind. So if you're going to jump into a 30-day program or a 30-day challenge, a 60-day program. Uh, now, first I will say that any motivation is awesome. So if it's short-term motivation that gets you started. Use it, drain it for everything you can. But if you eventually don't look past it, and so then what you do when the 30 days is over is nothing. If you don't answer that question, what's next? The answer is nothing. And so if you if it's a 30-day program or six-week program, and on the first day of the program, you know when the last day is, you're setting yourself up for temporary success. You need to know, you need to look past it. Okay, so that's the first thing to be kind of weary of uh, as a red flag. And the other one, is that it's one size fits all. If everyone doing the program does the exact same thing, and it doesn't matter what your fitness level is, it doesn't matter what your lifestyle is, it doesn't matter what your goals are. If everyone doing the program is doing the exact same thing, and the and the and the goal is we're going to get as much results as possible in this time frame, then you're setting yourself up for to failure because it may it may be the exact fit for a few people in the program, but it's not for everybody. And just because it was a good fit for you in the past doesn't mean it's a good fit for you now. Just because it's a good fit for your coworker doesn't mean it's a good fit for you now. So here's, for example, for maybe you, maybe you are right now in a busy time of year. And so you are exhausted with work and you normally work out after work. But now all of a sudden that doesn't work anymore because you use up all your energy at work. And so if, all of a, if, you, if for years you've been able to work out at four o'clock after work and all of a sudden you find yourself not being able to do it anymore, probably not a lack of willpower because you've always done it in the past. It's a lack of energy. You're all of a sudden, your job's more stressful. You're just doing more work then. And so when you're trying to work out, you're work, trying to work out at a time when you don't have any energy left because you use it all up. And so you have to set your, you're setting yourself up to fail. So you need to rethink when my workout should be. And it probably needs to be at a different time. So that's just a little thing that people don't think about. But a lot of times when, as your life changes, as um as things change in your life, you have to adjust, adjust to that with fitness, just like you do with everything else. But that is a big problem that people run into, where a lot of times, as it's not a lack of willpower or not, we're not trying hard enough. Is that we're just set up to fail, and we need to kind of change things, whether it be a workout time or what our expectations are for how much workout we do, all those things. Yeah, I know Marty and I get into this a lot because he still works out 
later in the day and I work out first thing. But, you know, that's only because I, I, when I was in my mid forties, I started, like you just said, my energy stores were depleted. I couldn't, I didn't have the energy at five, six o'clock, seven o'clock at night to work out like I did in my twenties, thirties. So I'm like, something has to change, you know, and it took, you know, maybe I'll, I don't remember now, I've been doing it for a while, but maybe let's just say a month of changing my sleeping patterns, you know, going to sleep earlier. You know, I had to change what I was eating my last meal of the day so I could make sure I sleep more soundly earlier so I can get up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I get up at 5 a.m. every day now at like clockwork. I don't even need my alarm clock and I'm in the gym at six. Done at seven, I get my meditation. I do, I got my morning rituals. You know what I mean? And then, but that took a good month. There was no way I was going to do that in my 30s, my early 40s. But now I live by, I try to work out now at five o'clock or even four o'clock. No way I'd get, halfway through the workout done, you know? So it just, it's an adjustment. And it's like, I think what you just said, you have to acknowledge and realize where you're at, what's working, what's not working. And that changes as, as we get older. Um, I look at Marty's wants to say something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I, I so what we're talking about right now and what you guys, and, and I know Lonnie, I know that you are big on motivation. I, I, I know you're a, you are a big motivator. You have lots of, you know, you've got lots of energy. You've got like, you know, I can hear it and you're a great motivator. And, and, and uh, Chad, I can hear the same thing from you and, and motivation is a big piece of it. And to me, the key for me has always been like, there's a lot of times that I'm not motivated, but I'm a pretty disciplined person. So the workouts that I'm most proud of are not the workouts that I'm super motivated for. The workouts I'm most proud of are the workouts where I did not want to work out. Today. I did not feel like working out. I didn't want to. There is nothing about it. And I went in and I got it anyway. Did I get a great workout that day? Probably not. So I stick with discipline. Like to me, I'm not always motivated, but I have a fair amount of discipline. So, and I feel like there's a lot of times where people come in and like you said, they're super motivated. And I think, I think of motivation almost like sugar, like, you know, you get yeah, motivated. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to do like, and I think of discipline as more like, that's the protein, you know, that's the stuff that like, you know, that you can draw on that when you don't have the energy. So how, how can you convert? And, and you talked about accountability and I feel like accountability is one of those ways where like you can almost increase the discipline or, or put in an exterior layer of discipline, right? For somebody who says, oh, you know what? I don't want to do it today. And I know if I don't want to do it, if I'm alone, maybe I'm not. But if I have a partner or if I have a trainer, that's where I'm going to get my discipline from. For those people, for whatever reason that, you know, it, that's not going to work. They don't, they don't run in a circle where they have a bunch of people, which is a shame that, you know, they could, they could work out with or who keep them, you know, that external motivation where they're talking about fitness and they're talking about what you do or, you know, they, and that maybe they don't have the, the, you know, the access to a trainer or, you know, the resources at this point for a trainer, how can you convert, how do you convert that motivation into discipline? How can they do that? It's a learned practice for one. So like, I'm, I'm sure with, I'm sure you could, uh, can testify that the, every time you make yourself do that workout when you don't want to, it's easier to do it the next time. 
And so it's, it's a learned behavior and it's not something it's, and it's, again, it's one of those things where we already do this with our job and with our family. We just don't do it with fitness. And so it's not something we think of. So we don't think about plan B, plan C, um, when, uh, obstacles come around or, or and with, uh, fitness either, what, like we do with our family. And, but I would, I would say it starts with your why, uh, with why it's important to you. So it, when the going gets tough and you don't want to do something, you have to know why you're making the sacrifices. And the deeper you are for uh, on that, uh, the, the better success you're going to have. And so I always start people. So it, for my goal setting, it's really simple. It's what you want, why you want it, how you're going to do it. And But it's very specific on each one. So what you want, I mean, our first answer is always vague. And so I always tell people it's what you want and then dig deeper, dig deeper. <laughs> and then why do you want this? Dig deeper, dig deeper again. And the, the deeper you dig and pass that vague answer that you first start with, the more fuel you're going to have. That why fuel is going gonna, is gonna to push you to get those workouts done when you don't want to. I mean, you're really, if we're honest with ourselves, we're maybe half the time we really want to work out. Uh, and the rest of the time we're doing it because we, we want the results. We want what the workout's going to give us. Um, I mean, there's really not that many people that just love to work out. I mean, and, and when, when you do, just take it for all it's worth because it probably won't last forever. Uh, get everything you can out of those workouts when you really want to. That's what I, I always tell people. Uh, and that's, I mean, that was a, just the same for me in sports. You know, I didn't always love to practice, but I knew what I was trying to, trying to do. So but I have a few examples on this, but I always have, have people. So if someone, someone that that's, was when she wanted to lose weight and I, when I really pressed on her, why do you want to lose weight? And so the vague answers were, well, it, make, it makes me feel better about myself. Give me more confidence. And so I, I dug deeper, dug deeper. And she finally gave me this story about how she, every year she would go on a float trip with their girlfriends and, and with their girlfriends she's had since high school. And she always went on this float trip and she realized that it was always a tough weekend. It was a great weekend because she got to see her friends, but she was also really self-conscious. And she was, and she, when she looked through all her pictures, she was always the one that took the pictures because she didn't want to be in the pictures standing next to her friends in swimsuits. And so she wanted to be in those pictures. And so she wanted to be able to feel comfortable enough about herself to enjoy it a little bit more and be comfortable in her body in those. And that that's a big resolution. If you dig deep enough to understand that why, that's so much more powerful than I want to feel more confident when, when my swimsuit. That's a much bigger reason. And so when you have that workout you don't want to do, um, you have all the more motivation to do the sacrifice or to get up or to you know, to, to not hit snooze or to not go through the drive-through, whatever it is, that's going to be a sacrifice that day. The digger, the, the more you dig deep on that answer, the more you're going to be able to overcome those obstacles and those hard workouts that you don't want to do. So you're trying to get to their authentic reason. And once people are honest, authentic with you and with themselves about, hey, why am I doing this? You feel like there's a, you have a much higher rate of success. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That makes a ton of sense. Well, what do you think your answer is? If I ask you why, when you'd have those workouts that are tough, what is it that helps you do those workouts when you don't want to? That should be, that's a question you should spend some time on. It's part of my self-image. It's part of who I see myself as. It is part of, you know, how I identify. There was like a a year I I, I trained uh, jujitsu um, uh, a number of years ago and I rolled with a really big guy at one time. And I was usually the big guy. 
I was, I was what my, my jiu-jitsu instructor called like your typical American brute. And he was like, I don't mean that as a cut down. He's like, that's, that's, that's a compliment, you know, but I was that guy at, in, in jujitsu, but I was rolling with somebody who was 60, 70 pounds heavier than me. And he wanted to go one way and I didn't want to go that way. And so I, I resisted. And eventually my, you know, my, uh, my tendon, a tendon tore in my, uh, in my knee. So I was out and this was the first time that I had been injured in like seriously injured in, in my life, like where I couldn't, you know, couldn't do a workout, you know, for weeks, months, you know, and I got way out of shape. You know, I got, I gained like probably good 20 pounds. I ended some nights with beer and ice cream. And so I fell off the wagon and <laughs> once, once I got back, I, my, uh, my wife at the time got me, uh, a training package with a trainer who I really, you know, hooked up on with. And I remember those training sessions and how I asked him to put me through the grinder, you know, to really, you know, once I got back and got a little base going, I, I said, I want to go, you know we got to pick this up. We got to, you know, and, and I was almost punishing myself because I was so angry at myself for being, for having gotten out of shape. And I, I don't want to ever go back there. And I don't want to ever lose that sense of that fitness and being fit, looking fit, feeling fit, being able to do stuff is part of who I am. You know, that's, that's my motivation. I don't want to go back to that place. That's great. That's a great answer. I mean, that's a great experience. It seems like you've just turned in such a positive um, motivator for you um, to always remember when, the, I mean, it sounds like go back, you go back to that a lot when uh, the workouts come up, you don't want to do. So I'd, I'm, uh, to go back a, a little bit more of a turn on the question, on the questions you asked earlier about uh, the, tough, the work, tough workouts. I, I'm an avid obstacle course racer and uh, I have been for, I think about the time I became a trainer, I think I fell in love with it. And I think the reason I did, so my first book is Make Fitness a Priority, How to Win the Fight Against Your Excuses. And it became a second book and then a third book and then a whole fitness community and, and book series. But uh, I think I, I, I realized that all an excuse is, is just an obstacle you haven't overcome yet. And like in, in any sentence, I, I learned you can take the word excuse out and put obstacle in or vice versa. It's it means the exact same thing. And so this comes to another thing where in our, in our family and our career and everything outside of fitness, we always, we're good at pivoting and adjusting. We're not when it comes to fitness. And so, but and I always tell some of my clients that my best workouts sometimes are the ones where I've just had to take plan A out the window, throw out the window and, and adjust on the fly. And that happens all the time. And so, we're, but every, like, it, it just like I said, every obstacle you you have to just like they say you find a way. I mean, you, and when you come up to an obstacle, you basically have two choices: either you can overcome the obstacle, or the obstacle can overcome you. It's that simple. There's always a way, and that's that's where it is with every excuse that pops up. And and so I call these in the fitness in the fitness world, I call these donuts. And so there's an, the, the curveballs that you can't see coming, basically. And so with everybody's history, whenever we're restarting. We kind of know the obstacles that are going to come up because our track history tells us. And so we can plan for those, but there's still going to be curveballs that you can't plan for just the uncontrollables. Right. And, and so I call these in the fitness world donuts. And so there's a chapter in my book about how to be a donut slayer. And so, but what it is, is basically the, the curveball you couldn't see coming 
how are you still going to overcome it? And so a couple examples, there's one that I call the bad weather donut. And so let's say basically you plan on doing, doing a morning run before you go to work, right? And so you get yourself as set up for success as you can. Nighttime chat is just perfect. You know, I've got my shoes ready, my clothes ready, my music ready, my playlist queued up, everything. So I get up, I don't hit snooze, I get all dressed, I open the door and it's pouring outside. And so what am I going to do? Am I going to go run in the rain? I could. Nothing's stopping me from doing that, right? But if I don't want to do that, what, how am I still going to make fitness a priority today? Am I going to, am I going to do it later? Is there going to be a chance to do it later? Or am I going to do a treadmill workout or cardio workout? How am I still going to do it? And so another one that affects a lot of people is uh, the sick kid donor. So say uh, someone wants to work out over, the, over they're going to work out um, after work, but they get a call from school and their kid is sick. And so they need to go pick up their kid and now they're working from home the rest of the day. So they can't go to the gym now. They're at home taking care of their kid. How are they still going to get their workout? And there's a million of these. And so, but this kind of scenario comes up at work and with their family all the time. We always are so good. Plan B, plan C, plan D. We don't think about that when it comes to our health and fitness where it's, oh, we can't do it today. They will have to do it next time. But there's always a way. And just like with your getting your workout in when you don't feel like it, it's a learned behavior. Every time you pivot and find a way to still make fitness a priority, it's easier the next time. I'm glad you brought that up. That was going to be my last question to jump into your make fitness priority and the, you know, the goals behind your books and your platform. Um, but uh, so we'll, we're going to wrap this up now. And for all you listeners out there, you really enjoyed this conversation. You want to learn how make fitness a priority can help you and your journey, get you motivated. You check it out. I'm going to put the links in the, in the show notes of the, of the episode here. And before I finish, I was going to ask you this question. I forgot to, as it relates to habits, what do you practice in the morning every day? What did you do this morning that you, you know, you accomplished that you practice every day? Can you let us know what that is? Uh, well, one easy one that I do, I've done every morning for probably over 15 years now is, uh, I have a big glass of water sitting on my nightstand. And first thing I do after I get up is I pick up the glass of water and, and I drink the whole thing. So, so it's a, that's one big challenge that it's for some people, it's hard to get in your routine of drinking enough water every day. But I start every morning by, by drinking this big glass, this 32 ounce glass of water and kind of gets my, um, metabolism going, get, and getting some, getting me moving a little bit. Uh, but that's a, a habit I've done for years. It's the first thing I do every morning. Uh, so I think it's it's even in the same spot on my night saying I'm so auto-programmed now that if someone were to move that, I'd reach for it and try to find it even if it wasn't there. But that's, that's the first thing I do every morning. Do you drink coffee after the water? I do. Uh, I, I always okay. drink uh, a lot of, lot of uh, water and I drink coffee with uh, uh, MCT oil in it every morning. And oh, uh, lemon, lemon water too, actually. And lemon water. Okay. And how about the last thing? What's the last thing you consume, food or drink at the end of the day? Uh, it's probably also water, uh, most of the time, but yeah, probably, but that's a, that is a good one. Cause it's like, uh, you know, kind of getting yourself or So a good morning habit that I have is, is the water, but getting yourself started on the right foot. But I think, uh, an another one that people have trouble with is, uh, you know, unpacking things or getting, getting to sleep without having everything on their mind and everything. And so I, at the end of the day, I like to have kind of an accomplished list. And so it's easy. I used to have a really bad habit of uh, already thinking about my to-do list for the next day. And so then it would kind of affect my sleep. 
And so instead of doing that, I don't do that until the, ne- the next day, but I, I'll have an accomplished list of things I accomplished today. So kind of celebrating my wins one more time before I go to sleep. So I go to sleep on a positive note. I really like that. I really like that. Well, Marty, do you have any, anything else? Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I love this. I love this discussion. I loved uh, hearing about uh, sort of the psychology and, and especially that where you talked about like getting to the authentic reason that you're going to, you want to go on this journey, right? So why do you really want to work out? So that's, that's a, that's a great question. And I think, you know, we could all even, you know, even with my answer is probably more layers to it. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's good stuff. That's definitely going to be a takeaway for me and, and the glass of water. I think I'm going to try to adopt that. We'll, we'll see how long I can keep that going, but that's a good one. Like none of us get, almost none of us get enough water. Right. So, (laughs) right. 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 Yeah. Well, Chad, can't thank you enough. Um, Again, folks, if you really enjoyed this conversation, make sure uh, you hit subscribe, share this, reach out to Chad. I'm going to have all of his links in the show notes on this episode. So with that said, take care, everybody.